0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we're in a wonderful book called Under His Influence, The Yielding, Yielding to the Work of the Holy Spirit by Pastor Lloyd Pulley out of Calvary Chapel Old Bridge in New Jersey. Uh, Great book, still available on Amazon and most Christian bookstores you can find. It has wonderful, study questions at the end of it, so if you're doing it in a small group or even like we did, we did it as a summer series for our church, and it worked out really well and uh, really sparked a lot of conversations, great conversations about the the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that happens to us as a follower of Christ and, and who the Holy Spirit is. Today, we'll finish the second half of chapter seven as we continue to look at the True Knowledge of Jesus Christ, Part 2. We hope that you enjoy the first half of this two-part study. Things that we do know is when Jesus was arrested, the apostles went into hiding and took off, right? Um, they didn't have the courage to live openly for Christ. Now, when we give our lives to the Lord, we should have the courage because we belong to him. We, we have the, the end of the story. We know how everything's going to end. Uh, so there should be uh, courage to be able to stand out and, and live for him. Uh, we know that as as you look at Luke chapter 24, there are some things in there that um, that they were struggling with as a, um, were struggling with doubts. And, and I think it's in verse uh, 36 of uh, Luke 24. It says, Now as they said these things, Jesus uh, himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you, but they were terrified and frightened, and suppose they had seen a spirit. And this is after they had spent three years with him. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do doubt, doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands, my feet, that is, it is I myself handle. Uh, handle me and see for the spirit does not have the flesh and the bones as you, as you see I have. And when, we had, uh, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. But while they were still, uh, did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, have you any food here? And he begins to cook for them. And then one of the things I love is if you go a little bit further down, um, in verse 43, it says, And he took and ate in the presence. So he eats in front of them. And then he said to them, These are the words which I had spoken to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me, and he, he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. And you are the witness of these things. Then we go into Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. And we see what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. The power of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 2 it says in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. They were all with one, uh, all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house. And they were sitting. Then they appeared to to them divided tongues, as of fire, and one set upon of uh, each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with the uh, the tongues as the Spirit had given them the utterance. And so the Holy Spirit gives them what to say, and they start speaking in the different native tongues of, of many different people, because they're this is at Passover. And so you have people from all over the world there in different dialects, and they're speaking their, their native tongue. And that's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. I, I believe one of the things that's very important is that you get that uh, uh, when you see the day of Pentecost, they were all in one accord in one place. They were working together. And and that's something that as a church that we we pray that 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 continues and that's what we want is to be able to work together to do what God has called us to do, uh, to share the gospel and to make disciples. Uh, but we have to have the courage to live out our faith. We have to have the courage to actually uh, step into uh, that, standing firm in the faith, knowing that we have the power of the Holy Spirit that that resides in us and. And that's where that change happens. But for some people, for some reason, they never, they never do that. They never allow this, the strengthening to happen. Um, and they, they kind of sit back and, and they don't step out into that faith. I, I, honestly, I, you know God's called us to, uh, to be his, you know, his walking, talking billboards in Jesus Christ, and, and so we you know, if you're shy, you've got to get past that. And the Holy Spirit will give you the power to get past that. If you don't know what to say, the Holy Spirit just gave them what to say. He'll give you what to say. And we have to get past all that. It's hard, but, you know, it, the, the more you do it, the easier it becomes to, to, to share the gospel with people. The thing that I wanted to talk to you about tonight, you can go ahead and, and move to Galatians and just stay there. Because that's where we're going to be primarily tonight. You know, we'll, we'll kind of bounce around Galatians a little bit. But I want to read to you Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for the righteousness comes through the law. Then Christ died in vain. And so one of the things that you're going to see as we talk about freedom in Christ is, is we need to understand that everything that Christ did on the cross, there's nothing else that needs to be added to it. And unfortunately, when people start to try to add the law in, because uh, there were Judaizers that were coming into the church and they were telling them, hey, you have to be circumcised or you have, to, you have to follow the law of Moses. And if you don't follow the law of Moses, you're not saved. There's no salvation for you. And so everything that Jesus has done on the cross has been done. There's nothing else for you to do. And so when you give your heart to Christ, you repent, and you ask Christ into your heart, you believe in the resurrection, it's over. I mean, you, you, are, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Your past, your present, your future sins have been paid for. It doesn't mean that you, oh, okay, well, I got a, a blank check. I can start sending him however I want and do whatever I want. But that's not what it means. What happens is you start to begin to understand the cost of the sin. He was crucified for the sin, He died on the cross for that sin, for each one of us, because He loved us. There's three things that uh, I was reading something today from, from uh, Philip Reef. Now, he's not a Christian, and he's, he's dead. So <laughs> there's two things. But he's, he's probably one of the most world-renowned sociologists in, in, the, in the world. Um, and one of the things he had talked about were the, um, the three cultural worlds, worlds that are happening. Um, and, and he kind of broke it down by different time periods that we're in. And one of the things he had talked about was the first cultural world was uh the belief of false gods i was just watching something the other day and it was on the uh the mayans and, and the aztecs and how they had the sun god how everybody always tried to figure out well there's got to be something right and so they would create stories of these false gods but then christianity you know uh comes along and and then we get into the second cultural world which is christianity monotheism where we believe in god and we have an authority that we follow we have the bible we always had this but this is how sociology they you know they get weird and they do things uh based on what they do but one of the things they had talked about was the third cultural which is what we're in right now and and when you read about it, it is exactly what's happening right now which is um Western history, and I'll read what he says here. Western history chronolo- uh, chronologically, according to the three cultural worlds, the first was a pagan, right? And the second was the monotheism. We've always believed there's a God, and that's that's something that he didn't agree with. But he says that Reed pulls no punches when he describes the third. He calls it the death works. Because the society... Uh, Begins to, uh, you'll have people within the society, which in, within cultural institutions. And then cultural makers that start subversive agents of destruction, works of death. Undermining everything within the culture. No authority. And this is what's happening right now. And this is what, what he said was going to happen back in the 70s. And uh, he's like what's what we're moving towards is this this idea that we don't need authority and and that they're moving past needing God, and we see that in our culture even in today in America unfortunately, it's already happened in Europe, and what happens is they want to rebuild society they want to define their own truth. this is his words so What is truth? No, not what the Bible says. Truth is what I define truth to be. Gender. Right? I'm binary. Whatever. You know, it's all that stuff. And what they do is they tear down anything that that they consider not truth to them or something that's going to uh, cause them to, uh, to have to deal with any type of authority. So they abolish truth. And yet, they, they it proves a, a fierce authority as any god is jealous to boot. But it says nature, uh, after all, abhors a vacuum. So th- they they want to eradicate God, and then we see that happening now, um, unfortunately. And then they 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 want you to 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 because there is no truth, you define what truth is, meaning that you don't have to follow authority. You don't have to. You don't have to deal with, uh, you know, I, the, we, we see it probably in the biggest way through, uh, through the culture is, is the, the transgender, the LGBTQIA, whatever it is, community. Unfortunately, we see that that they, they want to exercise their freedom. Uh, I believe it was in Roanoke, Texas, where you had the, the drag queens show up and then Antifa showed up armed, waiting for somebody to do something. And this is the third culture that we're in right now. And, and the foundation will begin to crumble. Because it will. Because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is kicked out the front door, then the God of sexual desire is whistled through the back door. This is exactly how he put it. He wrote this in the 70s. The construction of the fourth world, this is the one that's coming. And I believe we're, we're in a place where we're at that crossroad. As it talks about the, um, because we see such a destruction happen because of morality. You know, um, uh, talking to a, a child about sexuality is wrong. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want any of my. I have five kids. I, if anybody, want them, any teacher, try to talk to my kid at, at, at first or second grade about that, God help them. Christians need to start speaking out and saying, hey, this stuff is not right. It's not that we're trying to be political. What you're doing is you're saying, look, this goes against the truth of God's word. And what you're doing, look, if you want to live your life that way, that's cool. Go do that. But you don't have to you don't that don't give you the right to to try to define what truth is for my child. Okay. I have family members that have chosen to live that lifestyle. It is what it is. There's nothing I can do when it's time for me to talk to them. I talk to them when they ask me to pray with them. I pray with them. But I ask them, you know, you you need to read the word of God because the reason you're going through all the troubles you're going through is because you keep bucking against the head. You're like you're hitting the ceiling every time because you're, you're, you're going against God. And, and so what we see is this, this culture of I'm going to define truth and morality. And I'm not going to follow authority. And we see, unfortunately, this unfolding in major cities right now where there's no law. And we're not going to arrest anybody. I mean, the guy, I think one of the guys, and this is, you know, the guy had something in his hand, metal, and just sucker punched the guy. And his, he's, he's in the hospital right now in a coma. And the guy got a misdemeanor. And this is exactly what this is. As I was reading this, I was like, this is exactly what this is. But let me tell you what's going to happen. Because I love what he talks about the fourth culture. This is the one that's coming. The one that's coming is where the people of God actually stand up and begin to try to uh, do things that are foundationally right to reestablish authority. Meaning that, you know, there was a reason why we had an authority in the first place. Even the atheists knew that when they, because we had atheists. This is what people don't understand. There were atheists that were actually involved in the Constitution. And they even said, we got to have some type of authority. And so they went with the Bible. They agreed with it. Because your society needs to have it. If it doesn't, it will fall apart. And what we're seeing right now is the crumbling of America in front of us. And, and I believe truly what it is is because one of the things that I, I believe is that we have so many Christians that are not living within the freedom of Christ that they've been given. Meaning that it's okay for you to live your life as a Christian. It's okay for you to share the gospel. It's okay for you to say, no, I don't agree with that. You know, I, and I don't agree with it to, to the point where I'm going to go ahead and run for the school board. Now, I don't agree with it to the point where I'll run for Congress. Not me, because I've been called to be a pastor. But that's what we're we're heading towards because what we have to do is we have to point them back to God. It is not gonna be easy. And I believe we're in the we're in the, the doorway of of seeing either more crumbling or either seeing the Lord be reestablished back into the culture again. Look, I have no problem. If you want to go live your life and you want to be a bird or you want to define yourself as a cat, I don't care. I will share the gospel with you. I will try to love you as best I can as a Christian. Um, But don't try to force that on me. It's the reality of it. And, and so when we see, I think one of the things that we need to deal with as Christians is to remember that we have freedom in Christ. Meaning that the greatest fulfillment, the happiness, the peace, everything that, that God has provided you has been done through Christ. And, and, and what we are to believe about ourselves is about God making the difference in the way that we live. Like, we live for God. There should be something that stands out. But how free are you today? See, we've been set free. And he went over that in the the condemnation of sin. In Romans 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. uh, In Christ Jesus, our Lord. The power of, of Satan, the Son of God, was manifested that might destroy the work of the devil. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the control of our sinful nature: reckon uh, yourself to be dead indeed uh, to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans 6:11, the pressure to conform the world he is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And that's an easy way to, to figure that out is like think about the somebody who goes diving. They can't go but so far down. They have to have a suit that can, that can handle the pressure, right? Or else what will happen? They're done. They'll die. Submarine does the same thing. It has to have a certain amount of steel to be able to, to, to hit the Pacific Ocean, like at the deep parts of that ocean. They have to be able to, uh, to handle the, handle the pressure. And sadly for most people, like if you think about it, there are fish down in that water that's handling the pressure fine. But a sub, it needs all that metal and steel to kind of keep everybody safe. But when we have Christ, we, we don't need all that. The beauty of Christianity is like we, we, we try to um, erect walls to, to insulate ourselves. And, and that's not what, what God has called us to do. Like we need to understand that we have the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. And uh, the key is not to put up massive walls to protect you from the enemy. But to realize the one inside you is greater than whatever pressure that threatens to attack you. So true freedom is, is willingly becoming a slave to Christ. And this happens through our relationship with him. In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, it says, Jesus said you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. He talked about the, the puppy, but I'll, I'll share a story with you because it tells you in Galatians 5.1. Y'all go ahead and turn there. Galatians 5.1, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Right? Do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Let me think about that just for a second. Because what happens is when you, you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, that means you have the power to overcome sinful habits. To handle temper or outbreaks or, or an ungodly relationship. You have the power to have that be set free because the power is through the Holy Spirit. You have freedom in Christ. But there's so many people that aren't walking in this. They're still in the jail. They're trying to put the bondage back on the, the, the chains again. And he gave the example of the puppy, the puppy being left in the, in the cage. And when they let the puppy out, the puppy didn't feel comfortable being outside the cage. He felt more comfortable in the cage. There's a story of of two men that the uh, two brothers actually in, um, in Europe that were both uh, elders and their father king. and when the father had passed away, one of the brothers decided that he wanted more of the land than the other brother. The other brother was known uh, unfortunately as a big man, he ate a lot, so his brother put him in not a jail, put him in a room. And made the room the door skinny. He's a big dude. And so every day, the brother would bring food to the man, and the door was unlocked. All he had to do was lose the weight, and he could walk out of the, the room at any time. But he was comfortable with the food. And so that's how sin is with us sometimes. We get comfortable with it, or we get comfortable with a habit. And you're free. You can walk out the door anytime. But you don't, you don't want to do that. You put yourself back into bondage. And that's where we have to be very careful. In Galatians chapter 4 verses 7 and 9 it says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world who slaves you and want to be once more? It's like, don't go back to the weak things of the world again. Leave those things alone. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 6, it says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel again they had the judaizers come in and they're telling him in order for you to have salvation you have to do this plus this anybody who tells you that they're wrong there is nothing else you need to do they were telling them you need to be circumcised they were telling them you need to follow the law you need to follow the law of moses none of that you're free and that's what he was saying he goes look how quickly You so quickly deserted him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. That quick, you're gone. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say uh, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org, calvarydivine.org. God bless you.